Mike, thanks again for joining us. We really do appreciate your taking the time. What I'd like to do today first is to find out a, li a little bit more about what your organization does and what you try to do to help trucking, very briefly. Yeah, very good. I lead the North American Council for Freight Efficiency. It's a nonprofit startup. We're unbiased, but we're comprehensive about how we look at technologies, and our whole goal is to accelerate the adoption of things like low rolling resistance tires, aerodynamics, powertrain technologies to get better fuel economy and save money for, uh, for the fleets. Um, That's a great place to start. Uh, this year, what have, do you think has been the, the first or second or third most important advancement in fuel efficiency? So this has been a year of, uh, of continued uptake of some things like low rolling resistance tires and aerodynamics, you know, moving from maybe these things on like 20 or 30% of the trucks to 40, 50, 60% of the trucks. Um, it's been also a year of uh, the tipping point for other things like automated manual transmissions. Um, so it's been a, it's been a year where uh, many technologies continue to, to ramp, um, others struggling a little bit. Um, six by two axles, for instance, is a technology that, uh, that we did a report on and we think have a, has a bright future but remains at two, three, four percent um, of the uh, new truck production. Um, trailers, the aerodynamics of trailers, um, some things have, have ramped, others are leveling off. Um, I think that might have some things to do with, with fuel pricing and some other pieces, but... Uh, Let's get back to that fuel pricing in a moment. Um, what do you think are the f reasons that people are adopting more of the um, AMTs and some of the low-rolling low resistance tires? Why is this happening? Cost of ownership. I mean, this business is run by cents per mile, dollars per mile. So, um, you know, you have to have a payback of buying a new technology or, or you just won't do it. Now, there's always other factors that come into the equation around whether you buy something or not, but it starts with, is it going to pay for itself or not? So the okay. continuation of, of uh, these technologies proving that they make sense for the fleets is why they continue to be bought. So then uh, taking that in the other direction in the inverse, um, does that suggest that these uh, technologies that they're not adopting uh, aren't cost efficient? Well, cost efficient in the total sense. So, um, you know, maybe they have a maintenance, a maintenance cost that's higher than, than, uh, than the fuel savings, or maybe they uh, help or hurt uh, attracting drivers or maintaining drivers in their fleet. Um, they could have other adverse consequences. So when I say cost, it's, in, it's not just the cost of the, of the technology when they buy the truck, and the fuel savings, but it's all the rest of it. And that's what we try to add value in with our truckingefficiency.org website, you know, tech guide and other, and other pieces of work that we do and that, really get that. And that's terrific. Um, it still doesn't quite get me to the point where I understand and a, a technology that's not being widely used that you folks seem uh, to feel has value. Why is it not being used? So there's always a risk in uh, avoid, you know, change avoidance. So um, all of these have uh, you know, challenges to, to get into the marketplace um, and for fleets to say, yep, uh, that makes total sense for me. I oftentimes hear, well, I, I see why that might work for somebody else, but it doesn't work for me. And so they're reluctant. So I think there is a, um, a, uh, a, a reluctance for change that we all have in our side ourselves that uh, that, uh, that can cause, um, so in some ways what we do is kind of, uh, you know, um, try to uh, bust all of those uh, um, reluctance or all of those um, reasons why they don't buy them 
if if they really are truly delivering to to how you started that, where you said, you know, for those ones that really NACFI and Trucking Efficiency believes there's a payback, why do they still not buy them? Well, let's clarify something here, though, Mike. Do you actually recommend to people that they adopt certain new technology, or do you just show the costs and benefits and the bigger yes, picture? Yes, we do. We do. We, we, do. We, we do not get into recommending individual manufacturers of the technologies, but we definitely do on the technologies. Um, we, we, uh, we use a matrix that says, to what level do we think there's a payback on this technology, short or later, shorter the better from a financial mm -hmm. standpoint, and then we show um, to what level of information, how much information is available for the fleet to make that decision. So if it's a newer technology, there may not be that much information. But what we find often in our work is that it, it looks, it, we conclude it has a, mm -hmm. a, a quick payback, and there's a lot of data and a lot of information about it. Those are the ones that we would recommend and say, fleets, you should buy this or at least be testing it and looking at it because it has a payback for you. Okay, um, all good. Let's talk a little bit about uh, 2016. Instead of looking uh, back in the mirror, let's look out into the future, into the crystal ball. Um, tell me a little bit about what you see is coming this so year. A couple this things. Year. Yeah, a couple things impacting our work going into 2016 is uh, a second year of low fuel prices. So um, you know we benefit as an industry by paying less for fuel. It's a huge operating cost. It's it's a good thing. Um, it does uh, push out the payback calculation of these technologies, and so it requires that the manufacturers continue to work hard to make these technologies uh, the most cost effective. Get their upfront price down performance up, quality improved, um, you know, availability of them um, so that we can, so that they, they will still make sense. And we all kind of think price of fuel is going to go back up. Um, so that's one. Mm -hmm. A second thing I think about is 2016 will be the year where we um, solidify uh, the second phase of greenhouse gas regulations for commercial trucks. And the proposed rulemaking came last summer, comment period um, has been this fall. And now the, the, the agencies will figure out what that, what that will be. And that will be important because that will set in place a um, stringency of new truck and trailer production um, from really class 2B all the way to class 8. We focus mostly on over the road class 8 for the next 10, 12 years. Okay. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but I'm going to anyway. Um, looking out a few years, it, is this rule a rule that's really going to make a big difference in this industry, or is this a rule that uh, is going to be like some previous emissions rules where the manufacturers have already sort of adjusted to what was expected and the hurdle that they had to climb was not very high? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think the, um, the uh, you know, phase one rule might be considered what you're suggesting there with, but, but you know, uh, regulating commercial vehicles is a huge challenge. I mean, everything, you know, keep in mind that that regulation, you know, deals with garbage trucks and, you know, ambulances and, and, and all these sort of trucks with a huge amount of variation. So the first round was about, let's figure out what makes sense. How is it regulated? Engines versus vehicles, chassis, bodies, all that sort of thing. GEM model, all that got in place. And so now phase two, I think what we're seeing is then, you know, that expectation of uh, increasing fuel economy over, you know, steps in the regulation between now and 2027, 
um, that uh, that you know in reality uh, will make a difference here. You know, I, I won't comment on whether I believe in regulations or not, but um, fact of it is that it it would you know they are here, and um, um, I think they help to bring all players, whether they're the component manufacturers, the fleets, the truck builders, into the game a little little more firmly. Those that's those are two important changes what other ones do you see on the horizon in 2016 in 16 yes sir. yeah i think um you know the continued concern uh for the industry about drivers about maintenance technicians um uh, uh talent across the uh the business whether it's um, at the major manufacturers and so forth is a challenge for the for the business as soon as here in 2016 um, with uh you know all the challenges that we have in trucking um i think uh so that's another one and then i also Think the uh, I was going to go to autonomous trucks, and we can no, still we're get gonna, there. No, we're going to get to them later. Um, let's let's look at these various features that you just mentioned, and um, tell us all how your organization can address issues such as drivers, uh, address issues such as demographics. So I think our uh, us being so unbiased and comprehensive in our work. Um, allows us to interview and what we do with all of our reports and all of our efforts is we go interview all the stakeholders around these technologies. So we talk with fleets, we talk with owner operators, we talk with small and medium sized fleets. Um, so that's like the end users. We talk with shippers, we talk with the truck and trailer manufacturers, component manufacturers, and then even other people like EPA Smartway, um, other folks that are interested in uh, trucking dealers. Uh, and, and we try to get that total perspective. So what you see from us and what we you know, work hard to do is to get all that perspective and bring that into uh, aggregation. Okay. Um, um, so going back to the demographics, um, how would you go into a fleet and say, I'm bringing you information in our reports that are going to help you deal with the changing demographics? What are the features that you could show to a fleet that say, here, uh, for example, uh, will low rolling resistance tires help uh, right. to make drivers more content? So, you know, the fleets have a lot to deal with. So what we're trying to do is help. Some people recently said that you're trying to get the ball, you're trying to top spin on the, on the ball. You're trying to get things started. So if we can help them you know, look at tires and not arrow if that's where they need to look or, or, they, or the, where they want to look. So what's their low hanging fruit? So we want to help them do that. So then when they, uh, when they have the opportunity to meet with the manufacturers of those, they're a lot smarter about the technologies. They, they let's just use tires. They understand, okay. they've read our report. They've, they've, they've looked at our findings of, of the benefits and the consequences of say wide base versus duals versus non-LR, lower limb resistance tires, they're much more educated and, um, and, and have a way then to go talk with the manufacturers because we don't buy and sell any of these products. They, they, to, to make the difference in fuel economy that we're talking about and freight efficiency, they have to ultimately buy something from somebody to make that change. And, uh, speaking, and that's, that's our role. Speaking of money, how much do your reports cost? Oh, everything's free um, from, uh, thanks for asking. Um, it's all uh, public domain and, and, and free. Um, and we do that through uh, sponsorship by many organizations that believe that the work we're doing is important. So, um, uh, you know, some people ask me, well, if it's free, it's not worth anything. I would challenge you to go take a look. And uh, uh, we're happy to be able to do that. Um, not so sure where the long term is, but um, 
anything I talk about today is publicly available. Fair enough. Um, speaking of reports, um, how often do they come out and what's the next one we can look for? Very good. We, uh, we isolated 70 technologies for tractors and trailers that are currently available. Um, some have been available longer than others. Um, we're in a series of confidence reports on all 70. Um, uh, in the middle of December, we'll be publishing one on maintenance and how the maintenance and fuel economy react together. Uh, and, and then uh, throughout early in the year, we'll be, we'll be addressing tractor aerodynamics, trailer aerodynamics, how you test trucks for uh, fuel economy, uh, low viscosity lubricants, and that builds on uh, reports that we've put out in the last year and a half on tires and light weighting and transmissions and axles, et cetera. Fantastic. Um, for those of us who don't know, what's a confidence report? So that's a, that's a, I love the term confidence report. Um, uh, it came out of some detailed work we were doing. Um, and, and a technology confidence report um, answers the question for fleets, what confidence should I have in a particular technology? Uh, and so we call them confidence reports, and um, I think they're pretty self-descriptive. Uh, and you know, they, they aren't going to always lead a fleet to go write a check and pay for something, mm -hmm. but it definitely gets them thinking, thinking about it, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be comprehensive, and when you go to one of our confidence reports, we expect that we will have identified all the benefits of buying a technology, all the uh, consequences of buying a technology, and we share some best practices. So we talk to a fleet. They've already done this. What did they learn, and how did they how did they uh, apply it the best way? Okay. So, and you have these for each of the seventy uh, features that you that you've been studying, correct? Well, we have we have a good bit of them today, mm -hmm. and by the middle of 2016, we'll have uh, work done on all all seventy. Okay. And once those uh, confidences. Uh, are in place? Do they stay there forever? They do, and we uh, we we are beginning a cadence of updating them. Okay. So you know we we identify, for instance, who some of the manufacturers are. Over time, those manufacturers okay. will come and go. The new technologies will come out that will change what we found in the report. So mm -hmm. if a company comes out and has an innovation that you know cuts the cost in half and doubles its fuel economy, that's important that we get that into those confidence reports. So. You know, very bluntly, we've been so dedicated to getting all the report, all the technologies a report, that um, now it's time to go refresh them all, and uh, we're working on the uh, priority of, of how we would do which ones um, as we move forward. Fantastic. Um, I've got a couple of other questions, but before, before we get to them, um, there's been a lot of discussion about how 2016 could be a year that is one where the rates are not going to be uh, increasing as quickly, but there's still going to be pressure on drive on fleets to pay more for drivers to retain them uh, or re to recruit them. Uh, the economy is kind of an open-ended question right now. Some think it's going to just be a slow um, kind of a progression like it's been slogging along, as someone's put it. So. Um, in this environment, uh, can you quickly make the case for why companies should be assessing the investments in what you're uh, what you're analyzing? So, yeah. you know, at a time when their pennies or uh, per mile uh, may not be ten cents, like well, they used to this, be, might be five. Right. Let's put it this way: in the in the Atree study of a year ago, fuel economy and a few of those things were up as high as I think number three of the top ten. Mm -hmm. 
um, and in this past report they've fallen out. So um, you know there is a there's reason for leads to be paying attention to other things. You know, this is a very cyclical market. Um, you know freight goes up and down, truck production, you know all of that. So I, I get all of that. Um, you know for us, um, you know we want to help the industry be successful. Um, we we think fuel cost and um, being able to fill these trailers up with as much freight as possible to get the most ton mile per gallon or cubic mm -hmm. freight per, per mile per gallon um, is an important thing no matter what. And so um, uh, I also believe that some of these technologies have other benefits, of course. They attract drivers, they have safety benefits, they can have other benefits that, that are uh, you know, outside. So you can't really just pay attention to fuel that's part of a, a bigger, bigger picture. But there is the, the question, are they going to be more able to afford to invest next year? Well, we're saving a lot of money on fuel, right? I mean, they, you know, even with our passenger cars, you know, the number mm -hmm. is seven and $800 a family per year and less gasoline for our cars. Okay. So, um, you know, trucking companies are benefiting from lower fuel prices. And um, you know, investing in fuel economy technologies is is a good place to put that money. There's other places to put that money as well. Um, good stuff. Um, I'd like to wrap up here with uh, try to give me a quick one, two, three, four word answers. Um, let's start with um, driverless vehicles. I think driverless vehicles is something that can happen in uh, twenty, thirty years. Good or bad? Good. Um, good if some have them and some don't? I think uh, they, can, they can mix together. I think uh, over that 20 or 30 years, we're going to see that. Um, I think there's uh, a whole bunch of incremental steps to there. Okay. Um, driverless trucks in particular, good, bad, indifferent? Sure. I mean, I'm an engineer, and I look at the uh, technologies that are being delivered, and I, I we can do that. You know, we can we can we can stay away from things. We can uh, um, uh, manage the long, lonely highways without um, without uh, without drivers in the trucks. Now, I'm not naive in saying that this is going to happen tomorrow, but I think if we're thinking 20, 30 years down the road, um, and our ability to um, you know think of a small, you know, we've done so much work on efficiency, we could use a hundred horsepower engine can haul some of these trailers across the uh, country. So maybe it's a little engine buried in a trailer, and okay. there's no tractor at all. Okay, that's a little more than four words, but we're getting somewhere. This is good. Um, tell me about platooning. So I think platooning is exactly one of those incremental steps. Okay. So we're automating the trucks. Think, think automated manual transmissions instead of manuals. That's an mm -hmm. automation. So I think another automation is to be able to fix the distance between two tractor trailers and benefit from that drafting. Okay. Uh, huge fuel saving. Okay. Um, one of the things that if you talk to a fleet, they spend huge amount of their time talking about drivers because they would typically be five or six of them for every other employee at a well-run truckload carrier um, and they talk a lot about a new truck cost which is forever escalating um, nobody thinks as much about trailers tell me about trailers do you is the rectangular trailers still the um, yeah. shape of the future? I should get at least as many words in my answer as you get in your question. But, okay, uh, well, we're almost trailers, even trailers. now. We're almost even. <laughs> trailers are, uh, uh, you know, their design of being cubic is real helpful to put in pallets and boxes, right? Um, but, uh, you know, trailers have been a bit of a commodity. Um, and 
uh, we can't afford to do that any longer. Um, the fuel savings due to um, aerodynamics on trailers, mm -hmm. uh, making sure tires on trailers are, um, are are inflated. I mean, I think we've we we haven't worried about that. Okay, if you lose air in a tire, so what on a trailer? I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, you and and so I think that there's um, you know trailers are coming now. I don't think. It's rocket science. It's okay. still a, 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 you know, there's no engine in it. There's no this, that, and the other. So it, uh, we can do it, but it's okay. not the commodity that I think we've, we've, let, we've allowed it to be over oh, the years. Are we going to see trailers in the future that look like rocket ships, streamlined? I, I think um, as long as we've got the 53-foot length mm -hmm. and we've, we've built our bridges and our roads at 13.6, that'll be a, you know, a square rectangular because uh, we still want to get the most freight in that, you know, hauling that we can. Um, and so, you know, people ask me about teardrop trailers and this, that, or the other. I think the infrastructure is the case where we're better off adding aerodynamics to the, to the box. Fair enough. Um, and this one doesn't have to be even a 100-word answer. It can be a one-word answer if you choose. Last question. Um, let's talk about everyone in Washington has been obsessed with a highway bill and $305 billion in spending over multiple years. Um, have you looked at the, high, the current highway bill and what does that deliver for fuel efficiency, if anything? Uh, no, I haven't to a great extent. Um, what I would say is that a lot of big, uh, big opportunities come um, uh, with integration. So, you know, how the trucks work with the roads and the bridges and so forth. Uh, it also comes at a big risk because if you plan on, uh, you know, a certain thing happening in one area, say infrastructure, mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen and you've got it on the truck, think maybe natural gas, right? Mm -hmm. well, you don't have the fueling stations, but you've got the trucks, you don't have freight movement, right? So the same thing could be with uh, longer combination vehicles, uh, either, either having the infrastructure for it or the trucks for it and not the infrastructure. So I think... Um, uh, rail, intermodal, how it works with trucking. So I think there's big opportunities in the margins, but you can't rely on the margins to be successful. And okay. that's actually why autonomous trucks are coming out. You know, Let's don't worry about putting lines in the road. Let's let the truck see the road that, it, that already exists and operate within it. Uh, you, and see the potholes or the bridges that aren't in great shape, et cetera. Okay, I should ask you one other thing. Um, I'm, allowed, I'm allowed I get to ask the questions, um, and it's this. What didn't we talk about that you think is important in a very brief well, time? Well, then I would say, uh, you know, I think the work we do is important. So truckingefficiency.org is a great place to go to. Okay. Uh, and, and I think the industry can, can, can benefit from that. Um, we do workshops. We do our reports. Um, you know, join us. Uh, there's no cost to do that. We're looking for the collaboration. So if you've got ideas, give us a call. Um, now, how that fits in the, in the whole scheme I think that um, uh, you know the greenhouse gas regulations are going to happen, okay. um, and we need to figure that out together. Uh, it will have benefits in fuel savings and total cost of ownership savings if we do it right, okay. and um, and so I think uh, attention to that's important um, going into 2016, 17, and beyond. Sounds super. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun.